This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we pay respects to a Nintendo icon. We cram as much Comic-Con into a one-hour podcast as possible. And our first ever panel from Comic-Con. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? All right, and welcome to the Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, Cleveland today, tomorrow, who knows? I... And uh, Paul, $8 bottle of water, Stedman. And to my left is Joe, $57 for an autograph, Peters. 60. 60? 60, okay. That's tax factor. Oh, well, there you go. So, um, got a lot to talk about today, so let's just jump right into it. News team, assemble! Um, not going to do a lot of, for the news segment, because, I mean, Comic-Con is going to eat up a lot of news. It's yeah, and that's all, why I said, that's why it's a six star but of, of bottle water. News cuz this kind of happened af- after Comic-Con um basically uh chief executive officer of Nintendo uh Satoru Iwata, he passed away um on the 11th and he was a very important individual in um broadening video games. Uh and only 55 too. Yeah, he was sense. very young. Uh he died of bile duct cancer um which I didn't know you could get cancer. I guess you can cancer anywhere. Uh, yeah, wild duck's an interesting spot, but yeah, I didn't. I I thought that there's a lot of things that they could take out, but I guess it's just one of those things that you know. I didn't even you know. know he had uh, cancer. Um, yeah, because like I, when when it when it happened, it was kind of a blindside. Like I'm like he's really young, so um, you know he he was like a like a he developed like Smash Brothers, Kirby, Pokemon series, um, and uh, I think he took over in 2000. Uh, four or two thousand six. So he was right after the two thousand two. Sorry. Okay, so that was around GameCube being ushered in. So he uh-huh. was the one behind a lot of um, like the sea change for Nintendo of how mm-hmm. they never like they wanted to be number one in people's hearts, but they were never the ones to push the boundaries of technology. They they let Nintendo not Nintendo they let Sony and Microsoft do that. Yeah, he did a good job of keeping it going with um. The GameCube, you're right, because like yeah. I know N64 was like right after the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. and I remember N64 is where I started to kind of lose. Like I was just like, eh. and then like the GameCube came out, which was which I enjoyed more than the N64. But then Nintendo started on this tear of exclusive content, which just made them so much more unique, and their fan base continued to grow because they like Sony and Xbox kind of took um, the same format in a sense that Nintendo had in the beginning where it was like, they would just make all kinds of games like the Nintendo certified stamp of approval, you know, the seal of approval was on every game. And I mean, they had games like predator, like, you know, they'd make movie games like that. And then they would have their own super Mario brothers and Metroid stuff. But then everybody would come out with like, um, was it uh Chuck Yeager's fighter jet game? And like, you know, Lee Trevino, Super Steel Golf, or whatever, you know. Super and it, Steel <laughs> Golf. But all those 8-bit games, you know, it was just like Nintendo had a massive library. You pull back with your swing and someone <laughs> comes up like, Super Steel, and they just take the yeah. ball and run away. 
<laughs> you made golf way better with that one sentence. I enjoy that. <laughs> but no, but then like Nintendo like started to focus on its like sole properties. Well, the big the big shift for me, I think, is the they just started they they took the handheld market and just destroyed it. Like, yes, not, not destroyed did. in a bad way, but it's like they for everything they weren't doing for home consoles, and people could argue the Wii was a big advancement. Um, I think it like they wanted to make it fun for everybody, but I don't know if it was big leaps and bounds in terms of interactivity, their handhelds though, which was, this is all under, under him. Like they, like I know Sony is still trying to compete and I know like now mobile gaming on phones is trying to catch up as well. Mm-hmm. But like I, I, I have a three DS and it's, it's a cool little system and it's just, they, they've made it. I don't know. They, they, they put their stamp on that and no one else can come close to handheld yeah. gaming. And I think part of that is, um, you know, Nintendo took its per- its perfect formula of the consoles with the video games and the likability and the familiness of it. And also the babysitter aspect of it, because yeah. um, like, honestly, handheld gaming, I'm not saying, I know there's tons of people out there that are adults that have 3DSs, but I mean, you give that to that kid in the back of the car and they just shut up. Like, and I mean, they cornered the market on that. Yeah. It's like, you know, and a PSP is different. You know, like I had a PSP. I think I I stopped after Game Boy Advance. But, uh, you know, for me, I can't do mobile gaming as as much as like console and PC gaming. But like Nintendo definitely owned that. I mean, I have a friend who's got a couple kids and, and like he would tell me like Christmas after Christmas. He's like, I have to get the new DS. I have to get the three DS. I have to get the three DS championship edition. So <laughs> yeah. it's like. <laughs> like, dude, like, like, how many do they keep coming out with and you keep buying for your kids? So Nintendo definitely had, you know, that working for it. Um, and I know that's a phenomenal device. And I think, like, as they advanced, they started to do a lot more than just gaming and stuff. Yeah, and but I think, like, where, like, they, they're they going to leave their mark. And I know Miyamoto is also, like, like he's Nintendo as well. Like, yeah, I he think, is. You know, but I think that um, it may be, um, you know, this other gentleman, like, uh, uh people may not realize as much influence as well because like you think at the, the the top of the pyramid they they really as much as being a gamer as I am and I have been that I would get frustrated that Nintendo would not always make what I think is the obvious choice they'd always try to make the interesting choice mm-hmm. and they'd always try to make the one that um not protects their brand but always like it's like oh we haven't thought about doing this and they'll just take the known properties that you like and they, they may put them into a different type of game but already having mario in something already brings people three steps closer to it yeah and i just it's it's a unique way of doing things i don't know if it's a model that other other uh, properties and companies can follow um, with success, but Nintendo is always going to carve their own path, and I know he was a large reason for that. Yeah, he was. I mean, and, we, and shaping our lives. I mean, like honestly, we talk a lot about nostalgia, and he helped Nintendo keep that. Like when you pl- when you started playing your Wii or you started playing your GameCube, um, you instantly felt like a kid again, going back to Legend of Zelda or Mario. And I, I mean, I can only hope that Nintendo keeps going as strong as they've been without him. Yeah, and, and to, just to the case in point, on our wonderful uh, table in which we broadcast from, um, <laughs> there are three uh, Super Nintendo cartridges um, that uh, that just remind us, like what what is Kill, Killer Instinct? And what else we got? There? <laughs> Castle, Castlevania Four and Alien vs Predator. There you uh, go. So, so those are all like well known properties of Nintendo, kind of. No, yeah, really. Alien vs Predator. <laughs> yeah. Killer Instinct came in because Rare was part of Nintendo for a that, little bit. Yeah, you're right. So that but was Castlevania. That was a big draw. Definitely a huge Nintendo title. Um, to start out with, that was actually the first video game I ever owned. 
Huh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, like for like ever? Or yeah. Like well, no, because I had a Sega Master System before my okay. Nintendo, but that was the first one that I was like kind of like really amped about. Because when I got my Nintendo as a kid, you know, that was the first game I got with it for Christmas, and I sat and played on Castlevania on Christmas for like four hours. I think I, other than I mean, I guess you can count the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt that came with the original. Oh, package, yeah. Right? And then I'm just trying. I only had a handful of games growing up. It was like Gunsmoke, which I still love that game. Gunsmoke's a good game. And then um, I eventually ended up getting Mega Man 2, and then my love affair began. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's just a sad day, especially for someone so young that had still a lot of ideas and inventiveness. Not that I'm saying that someone older isn't, but it's like, you know, he left his mark. You know, thankfully, at the time he's here and he will be missed, but it's, just, it's still a shame that someone, you know, that young. That I mean, complete control of what he wanted to do. He yeah. was even not to keep going on and on about it, but I mean, not a lot of people know he actually took a salary cut, um, a, a substantial one, from what I understand, to try and keep the competition going with Sony and Microsoft. Well, so that this, so. it there there will always be um, people that will push the edge in terms of like creativity and and um, and forward thinking. It's just that they're not they don't come often. And I think that, and this is something that we could talk about later, I'm sure, uh, that in terms of gaming, we may not actually know our, our, our forefathers as well as we should, like the Nolan Bushnells and all that. Like mm-hmm. we may not, we should probably give, um, give them some love at some point in, in an episode and kind of research a little bit of that because a lot of what we love, there's a lot of people behind that, just like movies and just like, you know, other things that they've shaped yeah. us and we just That's don't, don't realize it. Definitely a podcast in the future for... Uh, the pioneers of the the Commodore sixty four uh, Atari, uh, you know, coming up of all those games because they struggled as developers too on many levels and 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 it was kind of a gamble. Like I know a lot of I read a lot of articles about how a lot of these guys just they were like this is the new big thing and then yep. they would try to get into it and it didn't work for them. Well, that just reminds me and, and again we're going to there's Comic-Con Avalanche coming in a second. Three documentaries that are good for that. One is that Game Over documentary that just came out recently about them trying to find ET in the desert. Yeah. The, the game not actual ET. Um uh, that's a really interesting one because it kind of goes over to the video game crash of the 80s. Um also on Hulu I, I saw that uh, King of Kong is available. That's a great documentary. Um, which is about competitive video gaming with like Donkey Kong and like the arcade stand up machines and the weird culture around that. Mm-hmm. And then also Special When Lit is on there, which is a documentary about competitive pinball playing that is uh, interesting. There's a pinball parlor uh, that's parlor yeah. opening up in Cleveland, uh, up yeah. the street here from that, me, right? It, that's going to tie into real briefly this yeah. Saturday, this Saturday, midnight at the Capitol. Um, they're showing Tommy. And the guys who are opening the pinball parlor just right beside the Capitol, yeah. they're going to have two machines there at 10 o'clock, two pinball tables that people can play on. And there's going to be like people that get like high scores or get prizes. So oh, shout cool. out to the, the Capitol for yeah. Tommy. Um, that was a weird road to get there, but definitely. Yeah. yeah so we get to a lot um, of places on weird roads, just like Don where, where we go. We don't <laughs> need roads. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. anyway, let's let's get to we have a lot of other 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 things to talk about. And now for our feature presentation. San Diego Comic-Con was this last weekend. Um, It's the big one. There's a lot of comic conventions throughout the year. New York Comic-Con is pretty big, too. That's on the, on the, uh, the East Coast. Yeah, it's like New York, Chicago, and San Diego are like the, yeah. the, the big heavy hitters. But I think yeah. anytime anybody talks about Comic-Con, and it, it's probably because the L.A. Hollywood scene definitely gets its um, 
the entertainment business gets more involved in it there because it's in San Diego. So that is the Comic-Con. Anytime you see CNN reporting or somebody talking about, you know, or a celebrity saying, I'm going to Comic-Con, they're not going to New York Comic-Con. They're going to San Diego Comic-Con more than, more than likely. I'm not saying that that's not true, but um, this one just came uh, this weekend. Um, I have never been to Comic-Con. Uh, that's That's on my bucket list. Well, um, I mean, we we've been there. <laughs> oh yeah. Wink wink we, foreshadow. We we just went recently. Yeah. Joe completely <laughs> forgot about that though. I must have drunkenly blacked out he that we didn't do a Comic Con panel. We forgot about forty minutes from now. Yeah. Um so So but um jumping in, like they usually Comic Con's like a mishmash of everything. It's T V, it's comic books, it's uh there's video games there too. Quilting. Uh quilting, uh underwater pockets. basket weaving, hot pockets, <laughs> um dinosaur they get the little embers you can drill for dinosaur dna um tinder horror stories anyway probably i don't know <laughs> but it's comics tv movies uh video games and i'm just gonna jump in and break it up kind of a little bit so that we talk about like uh comics first then i'm going to tv and then i'm gonna go into some movie news because everybody's usually there uh comic wise um DC, uh, they announced um, they're going to be doing some stuff this fall. Uh, Jeff Johns is going to be right. He, Jeff Johns is doing Justice League right now, um, and he's going to be doing a new ser- series, Justice League Gods and Men, which is um, a, part, a take on with uh, Dark Side's war that a lot of the superheroes are involved with. Uh, there's going to be – it's like a small one-shot series for a couple of people. It's going to be Batman, Superman, Green Lantern. Lex Luthor, Flash, and Shazam, and all of their involvement with that war with Darkseid. And, so. and just a point of reference, like uh, as much as we have talked about Marvel and, and Brian Michael Bendis, which I'm sure we're going to get into that in a second, Jeff Johns is kind of that same like like father figure over at DC where yeah. like he can do no wrong, and he just knows his characters. And I know he's a big um, one of the big people behind the Flash TV show, and he's steering that correctly. Yeah, if so, you guys yeah. love Flash... And you're like, oh, I want to get into comics. I love The Flash. I love Green Arrow. Go to your comic book shop. Uh, Carolyn Johns, whoever. Uh, North Coast Nostalgia. I'm trying to think who's comic A1, and A1 Comic. Comic yeah. and Friends. Um, in Cleveland area. And the just, one in Springfield with the comic book guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> um, but tell them, say, hey, what do you have DC related by Jeff Johns? And I'm the, sure they would, would not just go wrong. take you on like an Aladdin magic carpet ride to trade paperbacks <laughs> and they would find you something golden. Um, they're also doing a, a Batman and Robin Eternal, a uh, really cool, like four issue series in the fall. It starts in October and they're going to, they're going to throw one out every week, which is kind of cool. Cause they usually only do bi-monthly comics for like a lot of heavy comics. Like the, like if it's a real popular one, they'll throw it out every two weeks. Um, but this is just going to be a, like a week, week, week type, um, all through October. Uh, and it's, a, it sounds like a really cool story. Like I'm, I'm, I may check it out. I know I don't put enough on my plate for DC. Well, and DC is also the one that pushes the weekly publication. Like I know with the new 52, yeah. like they, they really tried to have a really just quick turnaround production schedule on that. So this sounds like this is kind of like par for the course of them being like, you guys like this? Here it is right now. Like. It sounds really gritty. It's uh basically it's Batman and Robin, Dick Grayson and Robin, and they're revisiting something's happened after like one of their most disturbing cases from five years ago kind of rears its head again and bad I know nipples. It, bad nipples. Yeah, they're like, We just sanded them off. Um and, and they're like, Mr. Freeze is an Austrian accent. Uh <laughs> but uh, it involves like human trafficking and a lot of weird stuff. But um 
check that out. And then um, they're going to keep going with uh, Batman 66, which Kevin Smith is writing, um, which is kind of cool. They, Batman's- it's, yeah, it's extending the universe of the Batman Adam West mm-hmm. TV series, like as if, like, what if it continued? Yeah. And I've seen some of those panels, and it is done in that very just bright art style, and even with the weird Dutch corner camera angles, it's, it's like... It, I am excited for that. I know Alex Ross does a lot of the covers, which is pretty cool. Alex yeah. Ross is a uh, he does a is, is it oil? He he does an actual painting. Like he does a it, painting. It, he if usually... you guys have ever saw like just look up Kingdom Come, like that was his big like big moment. Like he yeah. did the covers for Kingdom Come. Actually, he did the whole series Kingdom Come. I think right? Didn't he do all the art for that? I don't know. Okay. I don't know if he did all the art or but not. But that was like the the big real like iconic because he He's... makes superheroes. He takes them and makes them look realistic, but also in a very painterly style mm-hmm. that's unique and it's really cool. Yeah, it's, if you ever if you see something and it looks kind of like painted but almost Boris Valio like, and and it's it doesn't look like your typical ink and pencil type thing that's probably it's like probably almost totally realistic yeah, yeah it's, he's it's good it's stuff. pretty cool art style um and then they're also doing a wonder woman 77 which is almost the same thing but like you know how you batman 66 is it the is linda like, carter series yeah it's the linda carter that's series. awesome so like adam west is the 60 batman 66 and then linda carter series so i think it's kind of neat it's like it's a universe in the dc universe that that was you know that's almost like if um uh, Marvel picked up the Bill Bixby. I was gonna say, I Hulk. hope that I want them to do a Marvel Spider-Man from Japan. That like like the you know whatever it was that they did there. Is that when he had the robot? I think so. No, I, that needs to continue. Anyway, uh, and then uh, another <laughs> another Joe cool... immediately dismisses that idea. No, as the, does the world. Japanese Spider-Man. Uh, they did bring Japanese Spider-Man into Spider-Verse, but I'll get into that maybe on the the web page or something. Um, and then Batman and Ninja Turtles are going to do a crossover, which would be kind of cool. So I have a feeling that Raphael and Batman would get along pretty fine. They'd have a brood off. Yeah, they would do both like break off from. T- I'm going to be a loner. Then they would be up on the the rooftop together and then look at each other and be like, we're going to be loners. And then they would just walk away. <laughs> we're going to be loners other. together. Uh, yeah, the, the the lone wolf pack hunts alone. Um, and then Marvel had uh, uh Spider Man, a couple of Spider Man things. Um, Japanese Spider Man? Jap- no, not Japanese Spider Man. <laughs> Uh, they're going to be doing a um the some of the guys that originally wrote Deadpool are going to be doing a Deadpool Spider Man comic which is going to come out this fall. Um, Deadpool's teamed up with other people before, which is which is funny. I mean, I think Hawkeye's probably one of my favorite ones. Um, but I, in, I would say Deadpool's kind of like the modern uh, Howard the Duck in a lot of ways for for, for Marvel. And I mean, in, in the sense that. He is that one character that is well aware that he's a comic character. Okay, yeah. And he you're breaks right. the rules of comics. And Howard the Duck was always that, like, he was the running commentary. He was always the, the outcast. Yeah. And he ended up, like, the, his book always interacted with, like, all these other characters in the Marvel Universe. I'm not saying that, like, they're the same character because they're not. Yeah. But it's like, this is the same idea of, like, we know we have this ridiculous character that people love and it's snarky and it's fun. We're going to just mash him up with everybody because that, that just will always be an interesting take. Okay, that's a good point. Um, they did do a <laughs> you team You didn't up. know where I was going with that. I didn't did know you? where you are going with it. I'm like, Howard the Duck. So if you're a Howard the Duck fan, wink, people out there. <laughs> one guy. Uh, one guy. You know who you are. Uh, check out Deadpool. You probably like Deadpool. Um, He's going to be like, there's no Howard the Duck in this. <laughs> you're like, none of these things are animals. Actually, I think there are some weird animals in some of his issues. Uh, they did do a Spidey Deadpool issue um, like a few years ago, uh, but at the time it was a superior Spidey, which was Doc Ock. So a little more seriousness. So I'm kind of excited to see Peter Parker and Wade Wilson kind of like quip off with their wit. 
what, what Joe's saying there briefly, and that not to get too deep into that, but there was a, a time period there of Spider-Man where uh, Dr. Octopus, Otto Octavius, actually had his brain in Spider-Man's body, and people didn't know it was him. Yeah, he was called the Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, so he was like, it was like, hey, like, what if we made Spider-Man a dick? And it's like, and it was like, you know, and that's kind of, and he, it's you basically know, what it was. And so, yeah, like that's, I mean, that's a bizarre concept, but it was fun. Yeah, some people are big Superior fans. They like the, the very stern, uh, take no prisoners. I'm a jerk, but I'm gonna still try and be a good guy. Spider-Man. It's almost like an anti-hero. Spider-Man. Well, he had to do the good guy thing because it's like at the same time, like he knew. That if he didn't like keep up the the um, whole thing, you know, like it was gonna like people would start calling out Spider Man, you know. So Yeah. Like I know the Avengers had their suspicions. But anyway, um and then uh there's gonna be the two Spider Man uh not to keep talking about Spider Man, but uh Miles Morales is getting his own book. He's gonna continue on as just Spider Man and then Peter will be the amazing Spider Man with a new costume. Um the uh, the Avengers are going to be getting a couple of new issues. Uh, you've got the all-new Avengers, which I think is a really cool comic. It came off of Free Comic Book Day. They had an issue with Free Comic Book Day with all-new Avengers. Um, I know it's basically uh, Jane Foster, Thor, um, Falcon Cap, and um, I want to say The Vision. And oh, then, he's not mixed up with somebody? What's that? Like, no. Was, yeah, was, it's just, there's only one Vision. Female Thor. Vision Jarvis. Like, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. And then... Yeah. Um, I think Iron Man's with them. I don't remember off the top of my head. And then you've got like almost kind of like the newcomers, like the new kids. You have uh, you have um, uh, Sam. Is it Sam Shepard? Is he? He's the kid Nova, the teenage Nova. Sam Shepard wasn't. Wasn't the name of the fugitive? Yeah, okay, I, I think, think it maybe. is. Anyway, I don't know his last name. Tom I know his name's Sam. I don't know. Off the top the and then you've got uh, Kamala Khan, who's Miss Marvel, the Inhuman character. Yeah. And Miles Morales. So those three youngsters are going to basically be part of this all new, all different Avengers, and they're going to be kind of mentored by these older Avengers, which I think is kind of cool. It, it's a good move on Marvel's overall reaching plan of taking like you now everybody knows who the Avengers are and they know at the end of age of Ultron that the Avengers are going to be a different team. And it's like, that's just a concept that you could take and rotate people in and out and people will be excited for it. So for them, it's like, we got these properties. So it's like, we're going to start um, adding a little bit more in there. And then I know you're going to mention something about guardians of the galaxy too, which I think yeah. um, is also interesting. Cause it's like, they know that people, their, their hooks are in them with the movies now. And it's like, now we're going to get weird and we're going to start bringing in other characters to get you excited for this. And then just like very sneakily, maybe that's, that's you know, not really sneakily. They're going to start expanding everyone's idea of the Marvel universe. So I think that's a, that's a really good move. So the Avengers is a good concept just to keep plugging in and still telling good stories and being interesting, but plugging in any hero and people are going to get excited for it. Yeah. Maybe then, not any hero, but I think like, the other publication, like Howard the duck. No, but bring it back to Howard the Duck. I don't know if Howard the Duck would make it in the Avengers, but you know you need to have an off like offshoot Avengers with like Howard the Duck and and Peter Porker Spider Ham, and a couple of the other like you know animal based heroes and just have them have their own Avengers book. Well, they have the Animal Avengers book. There's an Animal Avengers. Oh, it's dear Lord. it's like pets. Uh, like I know like Frog Thor is in it. Um, I think Lockheed, not Lockheed, um, Lockjaw's in it. Uh, oh. There's like a couple. They're all like superhero animals. It's it was it was weird, but anyway. <laughs> um, so and then they're going to do Uncanny Avengers. They're going to continue that going. That's basically all, that's going to basically be the actual. What happened to Frog Thor? Well, he uh, he he croaked. He croaked. Um, that's going to be the grown up Avengers, I guess you could say. Um, and then you were saying that yes, Guardians. They're going to have um, uh, New Guardians of the Galaxy team. 
Uh, it's going to be uh, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, um, the Thing from the Fantastic Four. Uh, you're going to have a, a, a female Star-Lord, which they haven't revealed who it is either. I don't know if they're going to do the whole Thor thing leading up in a mystery. It's I'm going to be April Ludgate. <laughs> That's what it's going to be because you got you got Andy Dwyer as Star Lord originally. It's going to be April Ludgate. That's that would be be. you know that would be really cool if somehow they couldn't cast Kitty Pride again, but that would be really funny if it was Kitty Pride and they got uh, Audrey Plaza to play Kitty Pride. Yeah. Um, she wouldn't be a choice for me to cast as as, but that would be a funny joke. Yeah. But no, <laughs> my guess is the new female Star Lord is probably Star Lord is going to be probably Kitty Pride because on the cover you see she's got the mask on and she's got long brown hair mm-hmm. and in in the comics, uh, not to get too deep into it, but Kitty Pride and Star Lord were dating. Uh, for like a brief time right before Secret Wars happened. And then um, Venom is also going to be part of the Guardians of the Galaxy after he got his whole makeover. And that, that proves my whole uh, point again. Like, uh, So you got a Sony character under the Sony umbrella of, of Venom, Venom, which I know they, they may still yeah. use, may not. But they're bringing him to Guardians, which is like, you know, you know it's Marvel Disney. And then you got the thing from the Fantastic Four, from which Fox. they stopped, they stopped uh, writing yes. because... There's a little bit of discussion about like how everything they create under the Fantastic Four banner, Fox has. So Marvel's like, guess we're stop writing the book then. So they're just yeah. starting to bring like, I I'm excited for their lineup change because I think it's going to be interesting, especially Venom. Well, Anytime Bendis you get is, Venom in space, I'm interested. Yeah, Bendis is well, Bendis is writing Guardians still. I heard he's like the Jeff Johns of Marvel Comics. <laughs> Somebody said that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Rocket Raccoon is actually the team leader. Um, but then going back to what you said about Venom, uh, Venom's getting his own offshoot book called Venom Space Knight. So Venom's getting all cosmic. He's got this symbiote. Flash Thompson still got the symbiote. He's running around up in space. He's got this thing. He's doing Space Knight things. Um, I thought I thought Venom just attacked Rom Space Knight and just took over. <laughs> a lot of guys are getting their own. I mean, aside from like yeah, your, where's your... the Rom love? You got to bring back Rom Space Knight. Do you remember Rom? No, that's okay. I'm not making. That's a Marvel thing from the 80s. No, I it believe was, you. It was actually tied into a toy series, and somehow Marvel ended up making comics, and that was like he ended up part of like the main continuity. It was a weird tie-in. Okay. Look up Rom. Sp- oh. Ask your ask your ask your parents about Rom Space Night. They won't know anything about know. comic books. Anyway. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are getting their own shoot standalone. I know I'm probably talking about a lot of Marvel stuff because um, I got the Marvel. Don't worry, we thing. got some DC talk coming up. DC talk. DC uh, talk. Dude, not that uh, DC talk. Drax is getting his own book. Vision's getting his own book. Scarlet Witch. Um, Spider Woman's keep going and she's pregnant. Um, and then um, the Holland Commandos is getting a really cool. Uh, Marvel, like you said, Marvel Knights type book where it's kind of almost like I want to say BPRD, like Hellboyish, where you've got like these freaks or these like oddities and they're working with like some of the shield agents like Dum Dum Dugan and you've got like Man Thing and there's like this um, Rocket Raccoon type ish uh, monkey that's like kind of psychotic and like a killer. I don't know. I it looks really quirky and cool. It looks you something. Have me a psychotic monkey. I'm psychotic monkey. I don't know. I'm gonna check it out because like is it the monkey from Family Guy that just comes out and points <laughs> and says he's done? You know? I don't know. He had guns on the cover, yeah. so I don't know. But check Gun that out. Monkey coming soon. And then not to go too far more into comics. The only real small press one is they are going to be doing a Legend of Korra uh, graphic novel, which would be kind of cool uh, for people that are Avatar Airbender fans, um, because I know that ha- that show that specific second part had a huge following so i know that'll probably please a lot of people yeah i i don't know i mean i i know did you like legend of core did you watch any of i didn't watch okay. any of the airbender stuff no okay it's funny i put it in my netflix when 
uh, the movie that Shyamalan did came out. Oh. And well, hold on. And I was like, you know what? I need to I need to watch this cartoon series because it seems pretty cool. And mm-hmm. then it just sat in my queue, and I never watched. Well, it. I heard no, I heard it was good. I just yeah. I, I just didn't know if you're bringing up Legend of Korra because you no watched it. I but, haven't watched it. I just know that it's got a pretty good fan base, and I think yeah, that people people that it. enjoy that they yeah. would be like, oh, cool, a graphic novel. So then you can continue enjoying that universe. There you go. So. Um, and then moving on TV, um, do you have anything you want to talk about TV comics wise? Uh, just the, I know the, I'm the, just kind of just rattling off. No, the big the 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 TV things I know you're going to mention. Um, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, I now that I'm getting caught up on Arrow, um, like I'll, I'll be honest, I was late to the game on the Arrow and um, the Flash. I am now quarter of the way through season three, so I'm getting really caught up. Because uh, and then Flash, I'm about a quarter of the way through the first season. Flash is really, really, really good. It's fun. Arrow is really good too. It's just that I think I have this itch that needs to be scratched with like powers and yeah. having Flash. Like no, and it's just it's it's good. And like they're and they're not shying away from the more outrageous aspects of the Flash. Like just the whole like they, they've kind of hinted at like the whole Speed Force and mm-hmm. like all this other like the the really goofy parts of the Flash stuff like. They've brought back the the hyper metabolism, so he has to constantly be eating. Yeah. And it's just, but then the kid who plays the part cannot remember his name off the top of my head. But they, he's good. Like yeah. he just really, you know. But the, the big thing with Arrow news is that uh, they're finally. It's taken four seasons, but I think season. One, uh, sorry, episode one, season four. They're going to finally call him Green Arrow. Oh, cool! I think that's finally been like the evolution. First, it was just like they called him the Hood. And he wore like a green hoodie and had like grease paint on his eyes, but he always had the bow and arrow. And then they moved on to the arrow, and he got a mask, and he's just been getting more and more, more and more to, yeah, more and more superhero. The new picture of him in that new that new getup is pretty cool. Like yeah. I, I was, I remember I tweeted at uh, Stephen Amell. I was like, "This is a badass costume." And, and he was uh, like, "I know." He was like, "I don't know who you are. You're you are lost in the sea of tweets. I don't care about." <laughs> but um, the uh. The Flash too. That was another thing. They're going to add more speedsters to season two of the Flash. Yeah, and I, I've kind of ruined some of it for myself just because in passing. But I know they are bringing in Jay Garrick, the Silver Age Flash, mm-hmm. to this, and that's pretty exciting because, like, actually they're they're even kind of hinting that they're tying in the original Flash TV series from the eighties in this weird like multiverse well, type of thing. The guy that played the Flash in the eighties is, is his, his dad. dad. Yeah, and they but the, but that's 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 an odd thing. But then I know later in season one, they introduce a scientist. I cannot remember the character's name, but it's the same character from the Flash series, played by the same actress. Oh, and she was a scientist at Star Labs. Oh, was she the one that helped him get the suit set up and everything? In, in the original. Oh, yeah. I remember her. I remember her. Yeah, yeah. So she's playing the same character, and <laughs> they have Mark Hamill playing the trickster. Who's in prison in Iron Heights? Because he played, he was the trickster in like the eighties, mm-hmm. and like Mark Hamill, yeah, Mark Hamill, yeah, Skywalker. Um, he they he's actually the same character, and so like I don't know what they're going to do, but they're kind of tying it all together in a weird way. Not like not as in like it's all continuity, but they're getting into some really weird multiverse stuff. And I'm well, that's kind of okay how DC like well, DC's yeah. always done multiverse stuff. That's why I always thought it was interesting. Like Marvel with Secret Wars right now. Not to get back into comics, but um, that's what they're doing right now is this multiverse multiverse battle world thing where it's like you know, and it's like one of my buddies who's one of my comic friends. He's just like, this is way too confusing for me. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, but this is like how DC was doing. Uh, what was it? Um, the new fifty two. The, the new fifty two and the yeah, yeah. The convergence. 
And well, they did this before. Uh, and oh, it, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, Crisis on Infinite yeah. Earth was basically like Let's Secret smash Wars, or, or I guess I should yeah. say the other way. Secret Wars is basically Crisis on Infinite Earth. So it's like let's just reset, clean some stuff up, yeah. you know, that type of thing. So it gets confusing. I've heard Crisis on Infinite Earth is like the the Brian Michael Bendis of Marvel. I, I don't, I got nothing. <laughs> I, anyway, so uh, uh, other TV stuff. Um, any, um, like we, uh, uh, Walking Dead had like two trailers. Like uh, they they had the new season, obviously, and then they had the new spinoff, Fear of the Walking Dead. I saw that trailer. I was, I just did not care. Really, I didn't care. That kind of like I didn't watch either trailer because you know I don't really follow Walking Dead in TV format. I'm more of like I like to read them, which is funny because like I have two hardbound books of Walking Dead that are still cellophane wrapped that I bought, and I'm just like, like I am with everything else, I'll get to it. So eventually, someday when I take a plane ride, because it seems like I remember I would always anytime I would go on vacation, I'd take a plane ride. I'd always go buy myself like a Walking two Walking Dead books. And just read them on the plane. But who knows? <laughs> and, then, and then be like, you know, it's not so bad. It's just the walking dead. Yeah, I remember sitting on the plane reading uh, when they killed Lori in the comics. And um, don't hit spoiler alert. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! <laughs> it was like three I, years ago. I shouldn't have spoiler alert for the walking dead because it's like, oh, you like, it's like same thing with Game of Thrones. You like that person? They're probably dead already. No, I watched Walking Dead. Anyway, sorry about that if anybody like she deserves it. But um <laughs> when she gets killed on the plane, like the panel that you turn to, it's like a whole page panel of her just getting blasted with the baby and you're like you're like, "Oh, it's gruesome." And I just remember sitting next to these people and I'm just like, "Oh, I hope they don't see me reading this." This is like kind of <laughs> gruesome. But um anyway, did you just like look at the panel and make eye contact with them and just smile? Yeah, and then like lick your finger and then turn the page to the next panel <laughs> <laughs> and just keep eye contact the entire time. Ha ha ha! I look over. She got it. Yeah, it's like this book is really funny. You guys should read yeah. it now. And then that and like it was like they have like really big parts and panels where it's like um, Kirkman or whoever was draw or not Kirkman who was drawing it, but whoever was drawing it. They like they would always like emphasize like intense scenes and make them big with word bubbles and they swear a lot in that comic okay so there were some huge f-bombs on these pages and i'm just sitting next to these people reading this and i'm just like anyway so but the fear the walking dead trailer i watched it and it's like oh it's kind of like right as the whole thing's starting let me guess what's going to happen people are going to be paranoid they're not going to trust people they're going to make hard decisions and people are going to be unhappy that's why i don't care yeah like nothing really seems different about this other than it's West Coast. They have a lot of potential. I mean, they like we've talked about them doing the Telltale games before, mm-hmm. and those games are those games are solid, and it it gets you immersed back in that world. And that, maybe it's because you make the decision making, and, and you you're pressed with the hard decisions of The Walking Dead. I just don't know what the point of the second series is. I think it's the I think it's AMC or whoever is making it, trying to just keep it going. Because honestly, at this point, like. They're getting really caught up to the books, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like Game of Thrones, G- George R. R. Martin. They're just like, hey, you need to write more so we can have more TV. Well, no, and, and I get that, but it's like, at least at least with Game of Thrones, like the overall story hasn't reached a point yet, which I know with Walking Dead, there's a lot of different threads that run through. But like, do I need another show where it's like, things were okay, now they're not good, and they're going to only get depressingly worse and worse and worse. Like I, there, I need to have a little bit of different hook for the show to exist. Like, at least like, like here's an example. Like, uh, Next Generation was its own thing. D Space Nine, the next spinoff after that, dealt with the whole idea of having a frontier post and on the edge of like you know their Federation space, mm-hmm. and you had all these different like alien beings coming there. It was like a like a way station, so it was a lot more 
of like the political interaction as opposed DS9 to DS9 was very political. Yeah, so like, I mean but that was it was still firmly Star Trek but it had its own like bent on it. That's yeah. not you know so that's my only so know, far Fear the Walking Dead the only difference I see is that it says Fear the in the beginning of it. Fear the Walking Dead. But um that was a big show uh we talked about Arrow we talked about Flash. Uh Agents of Shield had a pretty good panel. Um they're doing the Secret Warriors thing. Uh I um I read that they're going to put another Inhuman in the mix, uh, Lash, who is um uh I I don't know uh, he's probably going to come in as a villain because I I know his character in the comics I was reading because uh, I haven't read much about the Inhumans I'm trying to get on the Inhuman train because I know it's just going to bullet train once the movie starts to come out and um Shield uh, Agents of Shield starts to pick up more. The Inhuman Train sounds like a Nine Inch Nails <laughs> album that was never released. The Inhuman Train, yeah, it, it just, does. It gets real moody, and just, um, you just you have to take a shower after listening to it. But um, no, again, a credit to Marvel. Um, but we're gonna like, we're gonna get to this too. Like they're since Disney Marvel doesn't have the rights to X Men or the word mutant, they did have this Inhuman thing in their back pocket that's been established in Marvel lore for years. And they're like, oh, we can't say mutant. Now we have inhumans. And now they're starting to just bleed them out. And like, they, now they're on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was a big turning point for season two. And there's that movie coming. So they're like, you guys want powers? You want people that just kind of have powers? Here's how you have it. And yeah. they're really using the vocabulary of what they already have and ingraining it in properties people already like so they don't question it when that movie comes. Right. So smart move. Because, yeah, and humans I'm excited about. I know, Because like, there's some weird inhumans. There are. And, like, Black Bolt and Medusa are the king and queen of the inhumans. Um, I'm very looking forward to see who those people pop up as. Uh, Lash is probably the first named inhuman that they're throwing in, other than than Quake, who is Sky or Daisy. Yeah. Um, and Lash will probably be, like, a bounty hunter-esque inhuman who is going around after this whole Terra Genesis thing happened, because this is what he did in the comics. And he decided who was worthy of the powers that had them. So, so yeah, that's cool. I, Agents of Shield, like if if people have not watched it, like uh, first season, get about through three quarters of the way through. It's okay, but then it just finds a gear and just goes and it gets a lot better. Season two was pretty good too. So season two, like uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier saved that show halfway through. <laughs> yes, um, but after that happened, it was just awesome. Yeah, like so. that show just took off, and season two was really good. A um, couple of smaller, like not really big network or like uh, buzz news. Um, a webisode called Con Man that Alan Tudyk is doing uh, with Nathan Fillion, um, which is is almost like true to their life. Uh, it's it's he wrote and directed it, and they both star in it. I think they're ten minute webisodes, and it comes out in September. But it's called Con Man because it's basically about Alan Tudyk plays a main character who was on a failed sci-fi TV show with Nathan Fillion. And that was like the peak of his life and career. And now he goes to all these comic conventions, sci-fi conventions, you know, representing the character. But Nathan Fillion's character, who was the captain on this sci-fi TV show, um, has had like a phenomenal career as an actor. And, and he kind of like, he's still his friend, but he also is kind of like, like, bummed about the fact that you know he's got a better career and like he wishes that i can't remember what the 
the sci-fi show was but it looked it looked hilarious there's a lot of good cameos in it like gina torres is in it josh whedon's in it um and it just looked really really funny so it, this sounds like a like a different take on like galaxy quest and i'm down yeah like, it's, I'm down. it sounds a lot like galaxy quest because i mean in case you guys don't know we're talking you know it's firefly they they basically alan tudyk made a webisode about his real life of firefly and except um, for the fact that he's went on to do like other fun things. oh yeah too. he's yeah. he's done a lot of he's done a lot of cool movies and stuff like i'm always excited when i see alan tudyk in a movie but um he uh so that's something to really look forward to. I, I watched the trailer for it and, and I got a lot of good jokes and it was fun to see, you know, uh, Alan Tudyk do some, some comedy stuff, sci-fi comedy stuff again. And okay. then, um, the other thing, one other thing with TV or no, two things, uh, Sherlock's coming back. They're doing a Victorian age special. So any Sherlock Holmes fans out there with the BBC, um, they're going, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know if it's going to be like, it's probably not going to be a weird time travel thing, but they're probably just going <laughs> to basically say it's old school Victorian homes. I hope they get like um, a, a knock on the head as they're hanging up stockings <laughs> or the doctor shows up and he's just like, come on with me. It's finally, which everyone wanted. People want something like that. Everybody wants the doctor and Sherlock to cross paths and they finally and do. And then he just out. drops not them really. into Victorian era <laughs> England, but it's going to be a special with a Victorian uh, era Sherlock Holmes, which looks pretty cool and then um the other one is uh by ryan murphy who does who uh does does well we, we, we briefly glanced over um the ash versus evil dead which oh, just okay. kind of straight up say if you haven't seen the trailer we'll, we'll link it watch it, it it's one it, it's i was going to probably be interested in this show but now that like that's there this i'm so excited for this thing it's like it's, it's got it's, my buy-in too it's like damn near perfect yeah so um, but uh, Ryan Murphy's Scream Queens is coming out. Ryan Murphy did American Horror Story. Angley. Uh, Angley. Um, so this is definitely more American. And Nip Tuck, too, by the Ma- way. Did he? Yeah, he worked on Nip Tuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is definitely more the horror-esque. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is involved, hence Scream Queens. Um, that's, the, that's the yogurt that makes your poop lady. That's yeah. who that is. She's also the the survivor of Michael Myers, Oh, I, I mean, there's that, too. Yeah. yeah. That's why she's I mean, I know queen. she's Laurie Strode. But she's also the activity lady. But I mean, I'm gonna. I'll probably watch this or check it out. I, the thing with with American Horror Story for me and like Ryan Murphy is like it starts out and I'm like so bought into it, and then by the end I'm like, what what the hell happened? That's what I've heard. I just like, I some I have friends that tell me I should give American Horror Story a chance. I haven't watched any of it ever. I just I have I would I would say give it a chance, uh, but there's a couple seasons where I'm just like what like the the witch the witch season all I could think of the whole time I'm like this is just X Men like you guys are going to Xavier's school for gifted witches so is should I, should I watch the seasons in order or should I give one of the I well the cool thing I mean you could bounce around them but if you watch them in order um, there's like some Easter eggs but all the actors tend to hop roles. So yeah, they, I, yeah, I know that. Which like, is yeah. kind of cool, which is funny because, like, we'll watch it. And, like, I remember um, season one, uh, Evan Peters, uh, who is related to me. Not really. Uh, <laughs> he, he played a character named Tate in season one. And then in season three with the witches, he played some other guy. And named I don't, Tater. I don't remember his name. But, like, they Hot. they did some not – you can hit spoiler alert on this. Oh. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. So, so he dies in the third season, and they bring him back to life with like witchcraft, and he's just like this like zombie esque like 
character that doesn't have much motor skills or intelligence. And then he's like super strong and angry. So I just, the whole season I kept calling him Frank and Tate. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, so Frank and Tate is doing this and it's, yeah. Anyway. Um, so the Scream Queens thing, is, is this like, this is a reality show competition or is it more? I don't, I'm not okay. sure. Like, um, cause I mean to have, to have that name and then to have the talent behind it, I don't, I don't know. Well, there's, I think it's supposed to, it's got other people from other horror okay. movies and stuff. So yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't all know. right. Well, moving on to movies. Uh, that's the big one. That's what everybody was talking about. That's where all the trailers popped up on the internet and stuff. Um, I guess we'll start start with the big one. Um, the Batman versus Superman. I was gonna say Green Lantern. Corpse. Dawn, Dawn of um, <laughs> Dawn of franchise. Batman Superman Dawn of Justice. They they rolled out a new trailer and they were the first ones who were nice enough to be like, here we're just gonna put it up on the internet. That you know that's that's a point. That straight up. That's I get that you have Comic Con and you got to get people excited for stuff, and you show these trailers and you know in this day and age of technology, you're gonna have a badly framed focused like trailer up at it like yeah. half a day. Just you know have the moratorium and be like, hey guys. We're going to show it to you now, but then tell the audience out there, we'll have this up for you on Monday. Right. I think there's no I, reason that we should have to wait weeks to see these. And, and, and if this is like you are building hype for your product to make people excited, why wouldn't you want people to see that? Right. Like, like it just it drives me nuts. Debut it at Comic Con. Throw the actual trailer up a couple days later. It it, it doesn't make any sense to me because it, it, it drives me nuts because the Warcraft movie and we talk about that. It's like they they don't have a trailer still, which that's fine. This movie's been like post production forever. But they keep showing footage of this movie. Did and you they, see the flyover thing of I didn't, I didn't actually do it yet, but... It, um, it was kind of cool. Like, it, it's unpolished. Like, don't think of it as, like, you're flying through the actual movie. Yeah. But it was kind of cool to see some of the framework for the CGI of the cities and stuff. It was neat. Well, just knowing that, that they're like, by the way, a trailer's coming in November. It's like, really? Like, you had shown, like, six minutes of footage that is, like, fairly polished, and you couldn't put together a minute and a half just to show the rest of the world that this is coming and it looks good. Yeah. I uh, just, whatever. anyway, like, yeah, just release the trailers right away. Yeah. Not because Blood like thunder. I'm on. dying to see them, but it does build hype. There's no reason to make us wait. If you're going to, it's like going to comic con. It's not like a, it, it is a special treat to see it right away, but like, I mean, it's going to come out in a couple weeks anyway. So it's like, what are you keeping from us? It feels like blizzards like, Hey, we're going to do the same thing for movies. Like we do our games where you guys know it's coming. You're going to wait two years, and you're going to see flashes of it, but it's coming. Yeah. Comic-Con, I don't think your attendance is going to drop if you guys start showing the trailers right away after Comic-Con. They'll be like, well, I can just wait to see it online. Why would I buy a ticket to Comic-Con? I'm not going to get to see these trailers exclusively. Yeah, anyway, so, uh, uh, brief aside, Batman vs. Superman, yeah. let's talk about this. Uh, one of our listeners, our customers um, <laughs> out from the West Coast, he called me. Uh, like after he had watched the Batman Superman trailer, he's a huge ba- uh, Batman fan. I'm sure. Wait, no, Superman fan. I think he's a Superman fan. He might be a Wonder Woman fan. Anyway, um, I'm just messing. He's a Superman fan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he called me and he's, he's just real, like, he's a real mix it it fan. Yeah, he was he was really upset. He's like he's like if you don't talk about the trailer, you're gonna I'm lose never, a customer. You're gonna lose a customer. I will never listen to your podcast again. We don't want to lose a customer or a listener. Um, so <laughs> we will talk about Batman Superman trailer. Uh, I, I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed that it showed a, like more, more scenes of action and definitely Wonder Woman. I was very excited. They threw Wonder Woman in the mix. Yeah. No, the Aquaman. Trailer. 
No yeah, I would have liked to seen one little tiny, maybe just like you know Aquaman's eyeballs coming up from yeah. the water, like I'm peeking at you, you know. It's like <laughs> you know something like that. Yeah, um, I don't know. What are you saying? I can't hear you. It's bubbles. It's like, <laughs> I don't understand you. Let's get out of here. Uh, anyway, he just jumps on a shark and then sails away. One of the cool things I saw somebody did a, a really neat comparison of the trailer is. Um, like as far as continuity and accuracy is the scene where Bruce Wayne is uh, in in Metropolis and he's running towards the the debris and mm-hmm. all that stuff and you see the laser beams coming out of the the eye lasers coming out of the the thing like somebody put it panel uh, screen by screen panel and it sh- it's the scene where Zod realizes he can shoot lasers out of his eyes and he's in that building and he's just like looking around yeah that was the one bit of the trailer that I actually was interested in that actually shows there's actual stakes for why. Bruce Wayne would be on the warpath for Superman. And that was actually interesting. But then they had to go and show a brief thing again of Batman losing his parents because, well, wait. (laughs) Spoiler! Spoiler alert! Because no one knows that Batman loses his goddamn parents. Yeah, it's like we've got, what, a fifth Spider-Man movie coming now? Or sixth, sixth yeah. Spider-Man movie. Or a seventh if you count Civil War. And are we going to see a little kid get bit by a spider? Probably. I'm also glad that in this trailer they had to have Superman's like fake mom say, you're not of this world, just to remind us again. That's not his real parents, but they love him. Yeah. It's like, I, that's not as much as a, the hard note as the Batman losing his parents, but it's like, we like I, I just... Is that going to be every Batman movie where it's like, are they going to move on? Like they've, they've been Affleck supposed to be doing one past this. Is it going to open again with yet another shot of an alleyway? I remember it was a cold night in Gotham and no, but um, it's like happy Arbor day. That reminds me of that night that my parents were shot by that tree. <laughs> but back to like I was saying, they did sync up the oh, it's scene national secretary. That reminds me of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> The laser eyes, they synced it up perfectly. To That's work. cool. I mean, but I, it's, it's, I thought it's, that was kind of cool. I saw a thing. Snyder directing the movie, so I would hope he would have the wherewithal to be able to to put laser to ca- eyes to, to sync up continuity. laser eyes. Be like laser eyes would cut through a building on the outside like this. But yeah. anyway, um, the rest of the trailer, um, I thought it was cool to see Batman, uh, you know, in the costume a little bit more. Um, the The desert scene was neat. Like, I'm, what was that though? That was I'm, like Bat Soldier Man. I don't know. Weird. Well, it it gave you a different like gauge of like his costume. Like yeah. it's not like he's running around in the same. Like I think it's cool that gave you like an idea that he's going to have like the Dark Knight Returns costume, um, and then he's going to have um, obviously the armor one that, yeah. that he's fighting Superman, in, and then he's got another one. So I think it's kind of cool they showed different costumes, almost like I don't say Iron Man esque, but yeah, like different, different, different uh, outfits that he wears because Batman does have different. Yeah. Gear. So it, anyway, at least. At least is the first bit of this where I'm like, oh, this might be a little, little bit more different than, than what like I've seen so far. So I will say that I'm still on the fence towards the bad side of the fence about Eisenberg being Lex Luthor. Like the trailer did not make me feel any better about him playing Lex. Luthor. I mean, would you say Zuckerberg is a modern like supervillain? Like not like, Eisenberg, Zuckerberg, because he played him in a uh, Social Network. I know, I know. Okay, um, I know you're Zucker Eisenberg. <laughs> Uh, no, like, He's I don't know. Villain. I use Facebook all the time. Like, Please don't shut me down. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I understand that they modernize a lot of stuff and it's like, you know, Lex Luthor being who he is in a present day era is definitely a Mark Zuckerberg type thing. Not to go back to like him playing Zuckerberg, but like if you take like a corporate, 
giant like him or like Steve Jobs even as being the villain that Lex Luthor is. It's like if you take like just if they were to take like a, an actor and be like, okay, just play Steve Jobs in the DC universe, and you yeah. don't like Superman, but I would have been fine with them like bringing Spacey back and just. Or Brian Cranston, like everybody oh, had talked about. Oh my about. goodness, yes! Could you that imagine would... Brian Cranston? Like, I would just be afraid. Like, I'd be like, "Look, Batman, oh, Superman, again. we're done. You're in trouble." Like, oh, did he put a fedora on? Oh, or even there was that brief um, college humor skit where John Hamm played Lex Luthor, and it's like that. Like that would be good. Like they that need would to get be John really Hamm in a superhero movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so anyway, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, Batman, Superman. Excited about Wonder Woman in the trailer. That was cool. Um, I liked the zip line dodge of the laser eyes from Batman. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the I'm gonna pull the Batmobile apart and square off against you. I don't really think it's cool to square off against Superman unless you're like Dark Side. Like if Batman, yeah. it, you know, if like 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 Ted who brings my groceries to my car was just like trying to like beef up and stand up to Superman, I'd be like, this isn't like cool or tough at all. He's gonna wreck you, like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, like, like, Batman is, is cool and everything, but... That's like going to a playground and be like, all right, little kids, pump, 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 pump. And Just I like Batman way more than yeah. Superman, so... But... So, okay, other other DC trailer... Suicide Squad came you know, out. Um, um, yeah. I which, don't care. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, that didn't really get me too excited, like... That's the one I wanted to like. I did, too. Like, I like the concept of the Suicide Squad. I like... I've, I haven't read Suicide Squad, but I like the the concept behind it and it would be something that I could definitely get behind if I started reading it I think um and like the characters are solid like I mean you know you got Deadshot um Deathstroke's part of the Suicide Squad isn't he I maybe I don't know there are a lot of Suicide Suicide Squad members um I'm glad they got Killer Croc in there it's kind of the same thing as the Avengers in the sense that I mean, it's like like basically Dark Avengers where you throw all the criminals and you Captain Boomerang yeah 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 but um like the trailer um like some of the scenes, like I don't know, you didn't get enough gauge of Margot Robbie playing Harley Quinn, which I'm sure they're saving for the movie. Um, but you, I didn't really get a good feel for her character from the trailer. Uh, Will Smith, I mean, Deadshot. You, you had to fit him saying, "Let's go save the Earth" in a trailer, just to remind you that it's Will Smith. Even gonna, though he's the bad guy, he's still there to save the gonna Earth. He's going to punch an alien in the head when <laughs> yeah. welcome to Earth. Uh, Let's go save the Earth. That's yeah. what he's going to say. But um, and even the Jared Leto lead up at the end, like the only thing that kind of like sparks my interest is like who he's talking to. I mean, it could be anybody. Uh, it would be kind of cool if they tied in. I don't think they tie in. Jason it's going to be the opening Jason day Todd. audience. That's who he's going to be hurting. Yeah. No, I, I'm just, I'm joking, but I this is the movie to me. That should be the irreverent. This should be DC's answer to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it should be not that these people, you have to like them. Like, they're not going to like each other, but they're thrown together for a mission. And all their personalities clash, and none of them trust each other. So I want to see the sparks. I want to see the shit talking. And I want to see the fun of, yeah, we could leave this guy behind, but if if they're pulling like they have the button on the trigger to blow our heads off we got to save them yeah like i want to see that bit not just every dc thing we've seen has no joy in it yeah well and that's I, that's the thing that kills me about it i think i think somewhere i'd read somewhere that somebody at warner brothers or somebody was like no it's going to be serious 
There's not going to be any type of humor. And a lot of a lot of that humor that they tie in is what works with a lot of Marvel movies. Like Ant Man is getting killer reviews. Yeah. And some people are saying it's better than Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, and it's because they said that it's a fun ride and it's very funny. Well, like, like we should just go ahead and flip it into like the like so we 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 talked about this and so Disney Marvel really wasn't at the showing. However, Fox had some stuff that they were showing. And the big thing to me, the movie that I was excited for, but didn't know how much hope I should have for it was Deadpool. Yeah. And I'm going to point that out right now because that trailer is, is it's wrong and funny and awesome. They do. And not because I'm a Marvel honk. I guess I am. <laughs> but like you see that like, th- this is what Suicide Squad should go for because Deadpool is the ultimate like, I don't care, but like I'm going to be entertaining myself while I do all of this. Yeah. And it's just like you have a trailer that has salt and pepper shoop in it. Like yeah. it's introducing Deadpool that way. And it's just well, like going back to Suicide Squad trailer, like I feel like you have a character like Harley Quinn that you need to just let her loose and go over the top. And I felt like all the scenes they showed with Margot Robbie in the the thing, like even when she's driving with like supposedly Batman on top of that Lamborghini and she's like, I hope you have insurance. I'm like, that was kind of like a little uh, like. I would expect like Harley Quinn to be more over the top giggly about stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that, and, and just not to, to draw a parallel between Shoop and the song that was in the Suicide Squad <laughs> trailer, but it was a slow cover version of I Started a Joke mm-hmm. by the Bee Gees. It's like you took a disco band like that was really upbeat and you're like, we're just going to do a really slow dour cover and have Harley Quinn do her best like like late 90s alternative music video hanging in a cage. Like, it's very, it just, give me, like, Harley Quinn and the animated series where she was introduced and, and everything else she's been in, like, the Arkham games has always been unhinged, but she's been fun. And I know that they hinted at that with her taking the bat and cocking it like a gun and shooting it. And then also when someone's talking about crazy people and she's like, what? You know, like, they tried, yeah they tried hinting at it, but it's just, I, other than her looking weird and, and you know, blowing a bubble with some bubble gum, I just... I, I know it's a trailer. And I know like, we're overanalyzing it, but yeah, I just, uh, we are. We're I getting way too see, into the. I don't, I don't see. Wanna... Give, give me something funny. The next trailer, better not give away all the good jokes, but give me a couple to where I have some hope for this film. You get Harley Quinn and Joker who are laughing all the time, but then it's like serious. Well, but when they're laughing, that doesn't always mean that. They it doesn't pretty... mean it's funny, but it's like yeah. It, yeah. So anyway, um, Deadpool. Yes, Deadpool had me really excited. Um, like I, I like the Colossus cameo. Uh, that was kind of cool. Oh, wait. It's a trailer. It's a whole movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, just so you guys uh, don't... don't. I don't want to ruin it. Colossus is in the trailer. Uh, you know, even the language. Um, the language wow. was spot on. What? Yeah. It was, it was, no, no, wow. It's just like... I wasn't expecting... I didn't know it was like a red band. Yeah, it was Deadpool. a red... Yeah. I hope they put out a red band trailer at least. To, well, they said this, that trailer... They said a trailer's coming out in three weeks. Yeah, that'll probably be just a regular PG-13 trailer, but they're going to do a red band trailer because that was one of the biggest things is pushing for the R rating with Deadpool. Um, and they do a great job of uh, like poking jokes. I don't know if you want to hit spoiler alert. It's a trailer. Um, like my what I think my favorite one was the uh, when he's going in for the operation and he's like, super suit. He's like, make sure it's not green. Or animated, like it's yeah. They got away with just like Ryan Reynolds got away with just basically just punching Green Lantern and um, yeah. you know, and the the you know the 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 chanted ring. 
I mean, even uh, the action sequences they or the showed. Dick. Yeah, with, yeah, it's Punch Green Lantern and the Dick. With the uh, the acrobatics and the katana play, I mean, it was it was it went from like ha ha ha, he's making some jokes. Oh, he's cutting people's heads off, and it's very ballerina like. Yeah, like it was pretty cool. I, so I just what if I'm sure there's still versions of the trailer up, but it, like when they put it out, like if you guys haven't seen it, please. This is the one. Like my only worry now is that they're going to take it too far and be like, oh, we're R-rated. We could just say everything. I think there's a certain balancing act there. But right now, I think that they got the irreverent vibe down, so I'm actually really... Well, they had the the end part with T.J. Miller doing the the riff back and <laughs> yeah. forth where he's like, your face looks like this, your face looks like this, and he's like, looks like I had sex, an Look, old avocado had sex with a young avocado. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah so I, 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 I yeah, I, I'm hoping... This is the first, other than like, first class, when it first was announced, I wasn't excited for it, but then I saw the movie and I was blown away by it. Um, but there hasn't been too many of the X movies by Fox that I have been like on board with until I saw the product because mm-hmm. I've been burned before. So Deadpool, I'm excited for. They released another Fantastic Four trailer that has left me lukewarm. That came out after Comic Con, though. Okay, but it wasn't at Comic Con. But yeah, um, I don't want to get too much into that. I know. Uh, I know it didn't get received well. Not, not much of Fantastic Four has been received well. And I was talking to you about it. Like I saw Josh Trank on Twitter getting kind of frustrated with some of the internet trolls uh, talking to him about it. And, I mean, yeah, just brush it off. I mean, you're going to have that. I mean, I'm sure, like, you know, when we're, you know, drinking mimosas by our Invasion of the Podcast pool that, like, <laughs> hovers above Cleveland. Invasion um, of the Poolcast. Invasion of the Poolcast. We'll have, like, a floating sky castle, and people will just be tweeting. <laughs> it's going to be like the Fortress and Crawl. Yeah. It'll just show up randomly and just disappear for 24 people, hours and go to the other side of the People will hate tweet us and be like, your stupid castle's blocking the sun, idiots. It'll be like, I can't hear you over the, the sound of my crawl castle. Yep. Um, um, any other things? Uh, X-Men Apocalypse, real quick. I know, like, there's, there's still three more big movies, but I know we're running out of time. X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, coolest thing that I heard out of that panel was I know um, uh, Hugh Jackman came out and for his one more Wolverine he said three words Old Man Logan which is a great series uh, I just don't know how they're going to do it with Fox stuff because there's a, a lot of that's dependent upon other properties properties that are under the Disney Marvel thing that mm-hmm. makes Old Man Logan which is kind of like an alternative take on like this like something bad happened where the heroes a lot of them are gone He's a pacifist now, and it's kind of like, think of it as like the first part of it's more like a spaghetti western where it's like, leave me alone. I don't, I don't want to do mm-hmm. this anymore. Yeah. And then the second half, this becomes a bloodbath. Yeah, it's, it. Mark Millar wrote it, and it's it's a great piece. Yeah, um, it's and, good stuff. But, uh, and then the Warcraft movie, we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Um, they didn't really have too much to show. I know they had a display of all the armor, which was cool. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw some of the, like, they have like actual like life-size statues of characters and orcs. Yeah. And the crazy thing right now is with the special effects that all the orcs are going to be CG. I mean, all the actors motion captured them and did the voices and all that. But since the orcs are probably a good foot and a half taller on average versus like humans, they're doing them all CG. And everybody says that like it's, it's looking good and guess I'll have to wait till November. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Like I went, I, mean, I know when I was reading about all the stuff, I kind of went back and was looking at WoW Wiki, just kind of like, like regaling Warcraft Two Tides of Darkness, and like just you know all the stuff with those characters because that's kind of where it falls in. You know, you've got Lothar, Ogrim. Um, well, you got um, Clancy Brown playing Blackhand. And yeah, that's like, if, if I don't know why they had to like CG him as an orc because that guy 
just put him in some armor and like he shave his head, you're good. Like you, you can show how he loses like, his eye. Yeah, they could just do Clancy Brown and Ron Perlman as orcs, and people wouldn't question. Like, like, oh, like, oh, that's what they look like. That's what they look like. Yeah. Uh, and then Star Wars, obviously. I'm surprised they didn't put out any new Star Wars trailer. Uh, it was probably really cool to see some of the old cast members together. Um, I know they talked to a lot of the bad guys about stuff, like um, Kylo Ren, the guy playing Kylo Ren, and, and General Hux, and Captain Phasma about, like, their characters and stuff. I like that you you already have the names, like, written on your heart, like, because you are... I already tattooed them. <laughs> yeah, I just write, like, what is this? This is this is all the space I had left. It's uh, This is General Hux, and here's Captain Phasma, and yeah. It's like you have Phasma over top of your Grievous tattoo that you had. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> you're not acknowledging you're like a general grievous. I love general grievous. He's <laughs> like, no, you need to go like to appreciate general grievous. You got to go back and watch the original two clone wars. Oh no, those were cool. Those yeah. were good by the guy that did samurai Jack. Yeah. That's when that, I, like, I watched those before episode three and I was just like all jazzed about general grievous. I'm like, this guy's going to kick so much ass. And then the, the, the movie came out and I'm like, what happened to guy in a clone war? Yeah, he's, he's just a coffee <laughs> robot. Now he's just like, burr, 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 yeah, burr, yeah, like he was like so, so much scarier, but, um, um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So um, Star Wars didn't give us a whole whole lot. Um, I think the panel just involved a lot of people Q and A. Well, considering that like that's December, that movie's coming out. It's July now. Like you know, as soon as we get just right outside of this blockbuster cycle, which you got Ant Man and then Pixels, which we'll talk about that later. Pixels, I'm going to wait and see. Yeah, it could um, be good. I'm not going to dismiss it, but it's not Adam really Sandler. an August release that I'm kind of all about right now. So because it starts, yeah, you know, August dipped off my radar. Well, like, that's July and June the start of the dead time. Other than Guardians last year, beginning the beginning of August, there really isn't a time for that big heavy hitter. Um, I've used the term heavy hitter like six times tonight. I guess I just it was the All Star Game this week. Heavy hitter is going to be on your pull string. Yeah, ball, heavy which hitter. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about, but you will when yeah. you hear our panel. So next. let's go ahead and let's let's just do that. So um, we talked about Comic Con for quite a while now. So because you guys are still really interested in this, we we went out there and um, we did our own panel, and we're going to present that to you guys now. And we hope that you enjoy our first experience at Comic Con. Thank you, San Diego. San Diego. So we made it to San Diego, and we're in Hall H. Now, they gave us, they said, they were, hey, I know you guys were all excited because you saw Invasion of the Podcast was going to be in Hall H, but it's actually Hall Lowercase H. For sure. Right, that's all a right. clap. Okay. I mean, yeah. All the big stuff is in Hall Uppercase H, and they gave us Lowercase. And I appreciate that they're all so well-behaved out there. You guys. That they clapped and cheered for like approximately five seconds and then just got quiet. I appreciate that. I, well think, I feel audience. like you guys kind of like planned that. Was this like a, like a flash mob type thing? You guys knew exactly to like start and stop at the same time. I, yeah, I sent, out, I sent out an Evite for all that. So yeah, thank you for coming to the panel uh, for Invasion of the Podcast. I know we've only been around for, I don't know, two months, but I think it was good, good to come out to Comic-Con because, I mean, that's where everybody gets their start, right? Yeah, um, we, got a, we got a hot 10 episode uh, start and it's, it's picking up a lot of steam. Um, and we're here to answer all your questions. I mean, you guys can now put a face to the voice. Um, so 
you know, and we have a uh, we have a couple. We're gonna we're gonna have somebody with a mic for you guys, but then we also have a runner. Um, our assistant Mary is gonna be who taking, came with us from Cleveland. Yes, she's been a fan of the show before the show even existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's been there, like helping with our hopes and dreams. You can say hi to the audience, Mary. You can tell everybody hi. Hi. See, there you so. go, everybody. It's, it's okay. Let's let's give she, it up. Let's give it up for uh, for Mary here. So we're gonna we're gonna hand out paper. Um, so you guys can write down some questions. If the mic doesn't get around to you, she's going to bring them up to us and then we'll answer them. Yeah. So let's go ahead. Um, and I figure, you know, instead of like just talking a lot about the show, we'll just, it's best to have people ask some questions. So, okay. So first question. Tell us a little bit about your favorite episode so far. Um, my favorite episode was, uh, was DinoCast. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a big I, I, production for us, because we kind of dedicated an entire episode to dinosaurs, we changed up the intro, everything. Um, it, it got to the point to where we almost we almost made a decision to be like, you know, we like talking about video games and comics, but what if we just did a podcast specifically about dinosaur-based movies forever? And we, we came this close to being like, you know, screw it, we're now we're just gonna be DinoCast from here on out. But Joe, yeah. Joe rang me back in. Yeah, I, well, I rang him back in, but you also kind of like I, I handed you. It was like a steno notebook full of uh, just every dinosaur movie and notes that I had about them. Um, like I think after you saw like Carnosaur Three, you just threw it on the ground, and I was like, okay, I, I point taken. Yeah, I just, I got when they went back to like uh, you know Carnosaur the beginning, <laughs> that kind of kind of wore me out there. So. Um, do we have uh, we have anybody in the audience? Uh, any any questions yet? Uh, oh, yeah. Here, bring that one up. Okay, hold on one second. I got it back there. Okay, all right. Um, so, who's this question for? This question is for Joe. Okay. And uh, they would like to know if there's any merchandise coming soon. Um, there's a lot of merchandise coming soon, uh, possibly t-shirts. We do have a nice in for t-shirts, uh, so you can look forward to those. Also, we're working on breakfast cereal and flamethrowers. Um, I don't know. Those aren't mutually exclusive. No, they're, they're not. I mean, one one will cut the roof of your mouth and the other's breakfast cereal. (laughs) Yeah. Don't put the flamethrower in your mouth. Um, I think we're also doing some plush dolls that talk like, like it'll be bits from the show. Like, uh, like uh, there'll be one of me, and there'll be one of Paul, and you can pull the string, and, and they'll say one of the and, lines from the show. when you pull the one for Paul, he will never know how to finish an episode. Like, he'll always say, like, he thinks it's a really cool one-liner, but it's always something that falls flat, <laughs> which is, like, his signature. Yeah. And, and I've also licensed, I'm starting to license a series of real dolls in my likeness. <laughs> I, yeah. I, that's unrelated to the podcast, but I just think that, <laughs> that might take off. Not to spoil any of it, but he does have some, some clever... Uh, and then, like, I know, like, my mind says, I'm a really big fan. And, and yours always says, I'm going to hit this button. So, take, look, look forward to... Uh, and then it always says, damn it, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, there is some merchandise on its way. Um, the, the, the guy with the, um, the fedora with the mic, he's got a question. Okay. Um, this one is for Paul. First. Does it, it involve me hitting buttons? Because my might screw that up. <laughs> oh, okay. Um... First, a lot of us were told there would be punch and pie, and there is not. Second, how dangerous was it being so close to those dinosaurs during DinoCast? Well, okay, so the punch and pie, we do apologize. We thought there would be, but that's only for uppercase letter halls. So 
Um, there yeah. is a thermos that we have brought with some lukewarm Powerade that people are more welcome to enjoy. I, I brought like one thing of Swiss Little Debbie Swiss Rolls, too. So, it's over there. Yeah, it's, it's like half of one thing now, but like, you guys can share that. I'm sure if you guys cut it up to... We, we, we've spared no expense, uh, and uh, that's what we do here. Uh, in regards to the, the, the romp and stomp on dinosaurs, it, there was um, the Velociraptor ref. He was, um, he was cool to work with, but, man, like, you don't want to get him mad because the seal ended up just destroying. Not Velociraptor. It was the, what the is Dilophosaurus. The, yeah, see, the that's ref. why he got mad at me, the, the yeah. spitter, not the, not oh, the claw you, you want. Yeah, you're lucky. I don't know. I, I don't know my dinosaurs. Right. I, mean, so. I should because we did a whole dinosaur episode. <laughs> so, but it, they were a lot of fun. Um, they were hard to herd into the, our podcast booth because they are quite large, but we made it work. All right. And then um, the guy with the, uh, the mic the, in the Wreck-It Ralph costume, uh, what's your question? Is that actually John C. Riley? We love your work. I think he's – that might be him. Yeah, might it's be. a very good it's – either, It's either John C. Riley, Wreck-It Ralph, or a homeless guy. What's your question? Okay. Well, this is uh, another one for Paul. Do you purposely try to sound like you're broadcasting to a third grade audience, or is that your ceiling? Whoa, Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> my, my ceiling. I don't. Is it? It's it's pretty wordy for a video game character. Uh, it, like third grade. For ceiling, somebody who just in, says like, is, I'm on a wreck it. Yeah. Is that like he's talking like that's the the, this, the education level that anything above third grade then then we're done because I th- I thought I was I thought I was pretty thorough and and smartful but I mean at the same time I do want to. I, you know, I want to make it approachable to people. So, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. I, I guess I have to go back and, and learn some long division and move up a grade. <laughs> so, okay, we got somebody up front um, that has a question here. Uh, you, sir, uh, in the, the, the Pokemon cosplay. Is the whole season going to be taking place in Japan? Um... That's why he's wearing the Pokemon outfit, I think. Yeah, it's very interesting. You direct Japanese question to us in that costume. Um, I, I don't know how to field this one because I mean we do get a lot of like advertisement sponsorship from Japan ever since we did that one bit with um, the different uh, celebrity sponsors, actors yeah. and sponsors who did. Um, so it it just depends. I mean, I, I'm not. I I have no plans to do the whole show in Japan. I don't know about Paul. If they pay for tickets, I will go wherever. It's fine. So I, I will I will whore myself out to whatever country wants me to broadcast in. North so, Korea? Um, I don't know if they have uh, electronics or broadcasts there. You know, they have state media, but yeah, sure. I would go <laughs> to this Rodman, and we would go talk about uh, the glorious leader and how he loves uh, basketball, and, and that's it. So um, I think we got, uh, let's see, we've got another question from a young lady. Do you find yourselves becoming more emotionally attached to the characters? And do you find, like, when you're having conversations about them that you become defensive? Like, if you get so involved in playing these parts over a long period of time, do you become, like, super emotionally attached to the character that you're playing? Um, that's, that's a pretty good question. I mean, I, I feel like I'm emotionally attached to my character, Joe. Um, it's funny you should bring this up. Because, like, characters... I could take it or leave it with Paul. I, I, well, it's funny because, like, originally when we showed up to do this, I auditioned for the role of Paul, which a lot of people don't really know. And um, the casting director was like, no, you, you are a Joe. And I was like, come on. Yeah, he's like, you're more of a Ron Howard. Paul's more of a Clint Howard. And <laughs> that's not what we're looking for. So. And, and oddly enough, like, I was, like, it, it took me, like, two or three weeks. Like, I went home... And, like, I milled it over. My agent was like, it's a job. 
stop your bitching. It's one of those Joe jobs. And they were they were like, just just play Joe and see where it goes. Because like I think I talked about it on one of the Terminator podcasts, like Terminator, like Schwarzenegger really originally wasn't going to be the Terminator. He didn't want to be. And I was in the same position, so I can relate to that. That's one of that you know I, I kind of relate to that. I was like I, I I wanted to play Paul like so bad, and now it's like I'm emotionally invested in this character, and it's kind of cool because like you know I'll see people out on the street and they'll be like oh do Joe and I'm like all right all right all right so but um, I, I, I like Star Wars <laughs> I like yeah I love Star Wars. So, you know, see, and then, that's it. That's the Joe. I just did the Joe right there. Yeah. And see, you know, that's I don't know if Paul tried tried out for Joe or Paul. I wasn't in on his casting, but like it was it was pretty crazy because I uh, almost didn't get the role of Paul. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. I had to I had to, um, I had to secure some favors. I, I'm not going to talk about it right now. That'll come out in my tell all book. Um, yeah, that'll be later on in my life. But yeah, I, I, I do like playing Joe and, and, it, and it's funny. Like, some, you know, I don't think about like you know what if i had actually been cast as paul but it would be that would be awkward so um do we have uh, any other questions from the audience i think i see somebody in the back let me hold on let me get back there <laughs> we, we appreciate the effort that, that is uh, to get back there to get those questions okay this this one's for joe okay uh what's the best invasion of the podcast cosplay you've seen this year um you know what's funny is uh, I think like my phone is 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 loaded with cosplay pictures because at Comic Con, of course, you see a lot of people. You're like, I got to get a shot of that. You know, I seen a guy dressed as the Ood from Doctor Who that was mixed with the dude from Big Lebowski. That was clever. And then I also saw a couple as the Waynes. Um, from Batman, nonetheless, they were dead on the floor, and they would run up to all the Batmans and then just fall at his feet with their popcorn. Can we get a shout out for dead, dead Bruce Wayne parents? Dead Bruce Wayne parents. <laughs> I know it's awful, but we really would not have a lot of superheroes without them. Um, so, uh, best invasion of the podcast cosplay I saw was a um, Terminal Tower. With these little uh, little laser beam UFOs around it, um, it was kind of cool. And then I saw somebody too that was like the Horseshoe Casino, and there was like a um, like a like a mothership above it. Like their head was like this big thing with the mothership, and then they kind of had like the casino that used to be Higby's. It was it was not as good as the Terminal Tower, but it was really cool. I thought I saw a lot of Pauls, but it was just a bunch of overweight guys with glasses walking around <laughs> Comic Con. <laughs> But I'd like to think that in spirit, they were all cosplaying Paul from Evasion of the Podcast. Okay. So, um, oh, let's see here. We've got a, another, another question from someone up front here. Okay. Um, I was wondering, um, you fought like a lot of the Avengers, obviously. And I was wondering, which was your favorite Avenger to fight against? I'm going to let this one go to Joe, because he is the evil villain of, of the group. Um, oh, gosh. There are so many Avengers that I liked fighting against. You know, I would almost say Ant-Man, but he's on the up and up. And I feel like that, you know, everybody would kind of just be like, really? Uh, That's true. You could just flick him yeah. and be done with it. Be like, put out a picnic basket. He'd just go and be like, what's up with this? you just like flick him. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. I think, I, I think it would be Cap. You know, that's that's kind of like a that's kind of the bar set. Like if you're if you're throwing down with Captain America, it's not, it's a resume it's a resume thing that you would just I fought Captain America. There you go. Yeah, that, that, I think um, I haven't fought any Avengers. Um, I just want to hang out with them. 
because like they clearly have money and abs, so I just would like to just hang out with they them. They don't all have money. I mean, Tony's not got, all of them have abs. Tony but, has know. enough money for all of them, but I mean, yeah. I'm just one of those people. I'm just going to just try to be like, oh, you guys are having a party. That's cool. And then like whenever a robot shows up to fight him, I'm like, I'm out now. I'll just take a little doggy bag. I'll go. Yeah. You know? So um, yeah, I'm we got to go get a coffee. <laughs> Shawarma. All so, right. Any any other questions out and about? Is there is there a Carmen San Diego out there? I think I see with a double double trouble trouble. Um, let's see. That's a good Carmen San Diego, by the way. I am a huge Mega Man too. Do you ever just listen to Rocket Man by Sir Elton John on like an eight-hour loop? Um, I mean, like how many days of the week? Like, cause that's a that's a good that's a good song. I mean, I when I'm not listening to Rocket Man, I'm listening to the Mega Man Two soundtrack over and over again. So, do you ever overlap them? Um, sometimes, you know, I just try to do like a quick dance mix. And then I just go in my basement and I cry a little bit. You should see if they have an 8-bit uh, version of Rocket Man. I'm sure there's a chip tune version out there somewhere <laughs> that's all about uh, Rush. So, but yeah. That's, see, I like that because people know me. And they're like, hey, he just, that's, he just peaked. That's it. His life peaked at Mega Man 2. And I, I appreciate that they know that. I think everybody knows Mega Man peaked at 2. Uh, or no, I mean, just like me. I, like oh. Mega Man 2 came out. I was in middle school. And that, that was never going to get any better than that. So, hmm. all right. Um... Uh, let's go. Let's take another question up here up front. Do y'all all get together and record at once, or it's all individual? Um, we do different parts because, uh, like, this is probably the first time in about like a month and a half me and Paul have seen each other. We usually uh, we usually just phone it in. I mean, like, not, I'll, I'll, I mean, not the content because we like you guys, but I mean, like, like Joe sits in his like his uh, luscious penthouse, and I'm a ways away, and we just record our stuff separate from I, each other. Yeah, I know when uh, I think we were together for DinoCast, and then um, Terminator. I kind of phoned in. I was uh, I was by the lake. I was drinking a nice drink. I just kind of had my phone there with the the Skype was up, and I just threw it. You know, I was just like here. You know, get it done. And then um, uh, a couple other times, you know, we're at different parts of the country. So That's true. And, I mean, there's times where we just, like, um, we don't make eye contact because there's, there's problems. Yeah. So we actually better. put up a sheet when we did DinoCast. <laughs> we didn't make eye. Like, I could hear him in the room. And, I mean, we do some production stuff. It's not all recorded all through and through. Like, we had to pause it a few times. And I was like, quit making that noise or I'm going to leave. Um, so just a little behind the scenes tension. So. Yeah, here's the behind the behind the scenes. You guys, you guys can't hear bruises forming. That's all I gotta say about that. You cannot. So, good good question. It revealed some uh, some dark seated issues there, but a good question. Um, another one. Uh, let's see here. My first one was: Who do you think's costume was the hardest to make and to get into every day? Oh, I think I think the Paul Stedman man costume is probably the the hardest one to make and get into. You just got to really put on, um, you got to use some baby oil to slide right into that thing. I used, um, I actually used a neat technique for my costume. Uh, see, if you take like old vinyl records and you, you, you heat them up, you superheat them, they become real pliable. Okay. So I was able to actually take, I mean, that you could find them at any store for a dollar or whatever. So I took them and then and, and, like I basically held them over the stove for a, minute, a few minutes. They become wobbly. And you just basically mold them into the pieces of armor that you want. And, I mean, this the armor that I usually wear when I do the podcast, um, it, 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 part of it is for protection. Um, part of it is because I do feel a lot cooler while I'm doing the podcast. 
Um, and then I also left all the labels on there. So it was very retro in a sense. So like when you're out there, like when you fight crime, you're just like, you know, waiting for the beat to drop and then you just show up yeah. and just like fight crime. Like I hit him with the shoulder and then they've, you know, they see I'm a heart fan. So there you go. <laughs> That's a good question. So um, we, look, we got a few, we got a couple more minutes here for a couple more questions. Uh, anybody else in the back, back there? Uh, like I see there's three Deadpools and seven Spider-Mans. Does one of them have a, have a question? One of them is Toby Maguire Spider-Man, by the way. I just want to point that out. I, I appreciate that. Okay, this one's for Joe. Okay. Who would win in a fight, Darth Vader or Darth Revan? Oh, yeah, Vader would win. Um, <laughs> I know. That's a good question. Um, and somebody, somebody was doing their homework on Joe. Uh, not to get into too much detail, but like, I th- there's a lot of things that, that Vader has done that is, is not on the, the main... I guess you want to say cannon radar, but, you know, I mean, Revan's cool, but Vader is, would win. You, is this going to be an episode that we'll do later? That's going to it be could like, be. Like one of six of uh, <laughs> Darth Vader beating people up? Yeah, Vader cast three is uh, <laughs> Joe explains why he could do this. <laughs> All right, so, uh, okay, got another question from up front here. So you look amazing this year. Thank you. What kind of uh, workout regimen have you been doing? A lot of Little Debbie, um, just some curls. Because we, we have half that snack cake. There was a part of one. Now there's half of one there. It's not going to say what happened, but you guys are welcome to the other part of it. Um, I, train, uh, I train at least once a month for Tough Mudder, uh, but I don't actually do Tough Mudder. I just train for it. Um, and then usually around the holiday season, um, I still kind of train, just not as much. I just kind of like torture myself going out in the cold, dropping wa- jumping water on my head. <laughs> Um, which is part of the regimen of the training. And then I just kind of binge eat throughout the holiday season. And then come January-ish, I usually try to get a tapeworm, and that usually works. I I think that's all important for podcasting. So um, uh, any other questions in uh, in the back from our lovely assistant, Mary? One more time, let's give it up for her. And Batman's Dead Parents. <laughs> Loving the dead parents. All right. Okay. Well, this is another one for Joe. Okay. Uh, any plans on adding a love interest next season? Oh. Uh, I. Like, to what? To the to the podcast, I think. Like, I don't any... know. I'm a huge fan of a lot of stuff, yeah. so I think I have enough love interests, and I have a girlfriend. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm yeah, like off the show, but I'm talking like right, like people are always like, well, you know, the show's getting a little stale. Maybe. You oh, add, are you talking? Oh, you should, okay. Maybe you should add a oh. love interest or like a um, pet or one of you two get pregnant or something. You know, like I, I don't know. I feel like like we had thrown around um, I with pregnancy is more of an episode 14. Well, the the Velociraptor producer that we have, I mean, he's actually pretty good. We brought him on for DinoCast, and he he just kind of killed it and we're like you know why don't you stick around for a couple more episodes and see how good you can make a show so um we were talking and, and he had brought up like the dyna- the pam and jim dynamic and i was like i don't know that's beaten to death like everybody <laughs> hopes somebody gets together with somebody on every sitcom and i was just like i can't see that happening yeah i i, I would just i would hope for the alien third wheel to show up like like uh, the flintstones Oh, or the Jetsons. Like a kazoo thing? Yeah, like, I think okay. that would be pretty cool. That would be kind of cool. Or um, did you ever see uh, Bill Heater would do a, a skit on SNL where he was like an alien sportscaster? 
I, yeah, I'd be a, like alien or a, a, a robot that only spoke in like short bursts of noise that we'd have to translate. I would appreciate that. Yeah, I, I looked look to that. We could be adding, you know, some more talent. Uh, we'll have another casting. Um, you know, I doubt it's going to be a love interest thing because um, in this crazy world of podcasting, there's no time for romance. That's true. No time for love, Doctor Jones. Uh, any other final questions in the back? Because we're getting ready to wrap this up. They're they're putting on the red light. They're shooing us out of here. Um, there's probably a Star Trek convention coming in. No. Or, or Babylon Five because it's a lowercase H. Okay, this one's for Paul. Uh, I have a rash on my elbow that looks like Master Chief making pancakes. <laughs> you think that I could, you know, make some money on the internet with that? Yeah. Um, that's I mean, a weird question. Like, like with the photo <laughs> or the rash? Because, I mean... Um, Is that like one of those Mother Teresa things? I think, I mean, you know, I mean, he's or, definitely in the right spot to, like, I mean, well, maybe not in the crowd of people. To, that would be something. Of, I mean, I, I'm not a doctor, but you should definitely make a meme of that. I think that's really what would help you. Um, and then I'll, then we'll definitely post it on our show page. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get you, like, at least, like, 26 likes. <laughs> and then, you know, that, I don't know if that's internet famous, but that's something. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think that's, I think they're shooing us off the stage here. So we just want to thank everybody. Uh, can I keep this water? (laughs) No, no, they're, they're going to charge us for the water. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you everybody coming out. We really appreciate that San Diego. You were great. Um, and thanks again to all the, um, you know, the fans. Here I am. I'm going to not have a good ending for this, just like the shows that I present to you. So yes, thanks everybody. Thanks, Mary. Yes. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you for helping us, Mary. Um, We'll see you next year in San Diego. And the uppercase halls. All right. And that was our amazing panel. Some weird questions. We were totally there for. (laughs) I'm really... Pissed they didn't let me have that water. Like they, they sit you down with a bottle of water or a pitcher, and then you just like in case you get parched. I it was more like a mini bar situation and where they just gave you a bill after. You're like really? Yeah, it was really? like ninety five degrees outside, and I was like, cool, I'll just take this water. And when I get no, like yeah, we left them like one fourth of a ho ho. So yeah, um, like what's up with that? Like they drank all that that lukewarm uh, Powerade, and then yeah. like we're givers. And then but yeah, anyway. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Next week, I'm sure we will be talking about the Ant-Mans. Um, I know Joe's probably going to be there like moment one to go see it. No, I think I'm going to go on Sunday. Okay. Well, then I'll probably... We'll, we'll eventually see Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, we'll cover Ant-Man next week. I don't know what's going to happen next week, but I know we will be talking about Ant-Man somewhere down the road. Yeah. So um, please, please, please uh, hit up the Facebook page, Invasion of the Podcast, uh, Twitter, at um, Invading Podcast and also uh, Invading Podcast at Gmail. Oh, we're working on a website too, so yeah, that, that's, give us some that's time. in process, yeah. So, so um, but for now, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, call it a day. So, thank you guys for this wonderful chalk filled uh, Comic Con episode. And remember, um, like pre order our plushie dolls, they'll, they'll be available soon. Yeah, flamethrower probably October ish for leaf cleaning.
talk normal? Okay. Just talk normal. I got two thumbs up on my Ninja Turtle shirt today. I was excited. Where were you at? I was at Walnut Wednesday downtown. Walnut Wednesday? Mm-hmm. That it's doesn't... like big food truck event. Oh. Oh, did you see they're yeah. putting that... Uh, I know it's kind of... It might be a little bit of a hike. They're putting a Whole Foods in over by Mitchell's. Really? Yeah. I didn't know what that was. It looks supermarket, supermarket-ish. I love Whole Foods. But they had the sign up. I'm like, cool. They're so now expensive. I, yeah. I was going to say, now <laughs> I can spend a lot more on groceries <laughs> and pretend to be healthy. 